And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I don't care how drunk you are. You better know the words. If you don't know the song by heart and you can just go out there and perform, that's right. you got to sit down. You're you're taking someone else's spot. You, someone else should be up there but you. Man, you might be more hardcore about it than I am. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of What Did I Miss? Today, we are joined by a man of high intellect, a former tight end in the National Football League, Current host of You Think and Fox Sports Analyst. That's a lot of jobs, too many jobs, if you ask me. It's Greg Olson, ladies and gentlemen. What's Youth Inc.? How do you like my shirt? I can get you one. I do love that shirt. Yeah, Youth I like Inc. it. Youth Inc. Uh, is my podcast. We started, uh, say, five, six months ago, and it's Fair. into this crazy world of youth sports. I don't know how much oh, it is bananas. <laughs> and I'm not sitting here accusing anyone because I'm equally part blame for this my kids are in it and we travel and we fly all over the place and it's bizarre so we uh we have conversations with parents athletes scientists psychologists sports leagues equipment manufacturers you name it everyone that makes up this crazy world of youth sports we talk to them about the good the bad the ugly the in-between what we can do to get better educate <laughs> our and you know all of all of the above so it, it's been fun so we, we started that back in march and uh it's been a good time. Have you ever been tempted or uh, almost teased into fighting with another parent at a game, but then realized I'm Greg Olson, I can't be doing this? Yeah. I mean, there's been times where I've wanted to fight somebody on the other team for sure. I've never been close. Like I've never had like any sort of altercation that was even remotely close to physical. Right. I've, have I had a few like verbal back and forth? Absolutely. God. The only time that I ever really get that mad and stuff is when I feel like other adults, whether the coach or the other parents are saying stuff or like verbally going after our players, like our kids. Oh gosh. That like, if they're talking shit, like from the stands, or, I like that's where I have zero patience and I will lose my mind on the adults. For the most part though, I don't spend a lot of time dealing with the other coaches, the other parents. Like I kind of let that be and really focus on our kids. But if I feel like our kids are being like attacked by adults, Wow. Then I jump in. If the other kids are talking shit, then I, the kids got to handle that on their own. Like that's, I Absolutely. tell my kid all the time. But if adults are doing it to my kids, I'll get involved. Who are like, I mean, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by that world anyways, just because I remember when I was a kid playing, our worst parent on the team was actually our coach because he was the dad of the goalie. And I was like, this is weird. And now I see it because we have videos and all of this. Why? What have you figured out about why these adults, and I didn't mean to go on this tangent, but I'm obsessed. Why do they act like this? And why do they think it's okay to talk to children the way you would talk to another adult? Yeah, that, that's a good point. The part about the, the kid, the adults interaction sometimes with the kids is the part that I have no idea. Like it has never dawned on me. There could be like the biggest pain in the ass kid on the other team, shit attitude, bad <laughs> sport, yelling at our kids, taunting, bat flipping, whatever you want to call it. Mm -mm. And if our kids don't handle it, then 
that kid gets to do whatever. You know what I mean? Like your kid, your kids need to handle the kids. Yeah. So that part I get. But for adults to like taunt or like cheer against kids that I, I just can't wrap my mind around that. Like it's never even dawned on me to like interact no. with one of the opposing players, children. Um, <laughs> that I don't have the answer to. Uh, I've seen it now a few times though. And that pisses me off. Like that is where I'll get involved and be like, that ain't flying here. Like, no, you can yell, you can cheer, you can whatever you want to do, but you do not talk to the kids on my team at all. It makes you wonder though. And sadly what the household must be like if the parent acts like that, like it can't, it's going to be a bad cycle. It's going to repeat itself over and over. Yeah. You know, I, I think what happens with a lot of these parents is like, this is their moment. Right. Like this is as close to achievement, close to glory as this is like everything they've wanted. And they finally have their opportunity and they like lose their they lose their minds. And and don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying at the games, I'm like a church mouse and I'm like sitting there (laughs) just saying, you know, clapping my hands every five seconds. Like when I'm coaching the kids, I'm coaching the shit out of our kids, like the kids on our team that I'm responsible for. I am coaching them in every second of the game and instructing and correcting not not like yelling but like instructing correcting feedback encouragement you know whatever the but like the the thought of stopping that and like yelling at one of the opposing kids is just weird to me it's so weird i i'm i love that you're doing that because i do think especially those i don't have children i'm still obsessed because it's just yeah. weird behavior and it's i can't fun. understand it it's equally stressful as it's it is <laughs> like exhilarating so it 90% of my life stress involves like some sort of dynamic of the kids sports teams it's b- bananas <laughs> oh that god must be nice that's it's a really awful. good thing to have it's a good problem <laughs> it's such it's a awful. weird world no, it's i love embarrassing. it <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> uh you know what's embarrassing and this is a segue ladies and gentlemen professional segue i hope you guys heard it you know what's embarrassing the first preseason matchup jags raiders <laughs> there you go that's a segue <laughs> no all kidding aside i feel like the worlds, the masses, we wait and wait and people wait for football to come back. And I know it's just preseason, but shouldn't there be like a better appetizer to get the meal started? This feels like a weird week start. Am I being mean? I'm being mean. Yeah, I don't know what the alternative would be, right? Like we got to give guys a chance. You know, training camp is kind of a necessity. Get guys back up and rolling. You know, we, we used to have more preseason games and that was yeah. super diluted, right? That was just that was a joke. You talk about like that was four games dumb maybe of those you know of those four games 16 quarters maybe two three of the quarters actually had players in the game that would be playing week one right like it just it wasn't a good representation of getting the actual roster ready (laughs) so now they've reduced that and they've eliminated one of the games so hopefully that consolidates at least some of the guys play but i'm with you The, the preseason is hard it doesn't excite me i have to call a game out in arizona in a few weeks I haven't even thought about which guy who's going to be in the game. I'll get there when I get there. But yeah, I'm with you. I think everyone's just really excited for week one, right? Like week one feels big. It feels right. That's what everybody wants to watch. Preseason is, is a, is definitely a letdown. That's true. It's tough. It's like a little bit of like of the summer league NBA because there's so many faces and young names that are so excited to be there, but we're never going to see them. And so it's yeah. just sort of like, I don't, I can't yeah. remember all these names. I'm not going to. It's hard. It's, I made a successful bet last year before the season started. This year, if I go into the NFL and try to do the same thing, it's, um, it's Bills Bucks, odds on favorites, Bills being a little bit ahead. Do we feel safe in putting money, if we were so inclined to be gambling on this, 
that one of those two will be the champions when it's all over. Yeah, I think it'd be a safe bet, Bills and Bucks. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, I'm not saying you're a gambler, but if you were a gambler, I think that would be safe, right? I mean, I think those are the usual suspects. You know, the Chiefs are always going to have a chance, right? So you, when you, when you're just talking about like reducing your odds and reducing your risk, yeah, you go with the favorites. Now, so boring over the it? course of time, like, is that how it's going to all play out? Did anyone think the Bengals would be in it last year? No. no. Uh, don't forget the Rams. I think the Rams would be a good safe bet. But yeah, I mean, you, if you're going to place money on one team first, the field, those teams you named are all really safe bets. Would I say that they're definitely going to, I mean, the chances of them actually winning it, I don't know how good they are, but they're better than the alternative. Is there a team that we can look to that might shock everyone? And if the answer is the Jets, please just say it right now. Mm, I don't think it's the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> this saying, was the year. This was the I, year. <laughs> I think it might be the year. You know, I don't know. I, I think the chart. I think the Chargers are going to be good. Oh, huh. you know, and, and I know they're not like a crazy surprise. They were kind of a bubble team last year. Um, you know, Herbert gets a lot of love and praise. You know, I think you know, I think they got a shot. They're good on defense. Anytime you have a really good, you know, dynamic quarterback, you can compete in this league. We've shown that now over the last you know decade or so. Like the formula of winning in the NFL is pretty clear. You got to have a young, dynamic kid at quarterback. They have that. They got to have weapons around them. They have that. And you got to be able to rush the passer and be dynamic on defense. They really have that. So I think their formula is a good one. I think their coach is really good. I think Brandon Staley is a really good young mind in the league. A little different than maybe some of the other, you know, <laughs> contenders in the fact that he's a defensive guy. You know, we see some, you know, everyone falls in love with McVay and, you know, and, and LaFleur and all these young offensive minds. He's kind of the opposite, but in a similar in a similar mold. So I, I think the Chargers, I think the Chargers are going to be a team that that can compete. Their division's brutal. And I think they're I think they could be a team that's not really like one of the main, you know, Bills, Bucks, Rams, but that next tier that's got a chance. So the guy who used to have to listen to all this while still playing, I, for me, one of the things I keep hearing a lot talked on radio is is Russell Wilson and the predictions, right? Like it's gonna fail, it's gonna succeed. It's it's there's just no in between, apparently. It's one or the other and it's extreme. When you listen to this now, having been through it all, and it's a name like that, that's a big name that was once America's sweetheart, and now he's sort of on this weird redemption tour that no one told him he had to be on. It's bizarre. How do you feel as a former player? Because I find it fascinating that we, we are so serious about these predictions, and we know what we're talking about. But then you listen to it. Do you have an opinion on that at all? A prediction, if you would? I think it's a unique circumstance. No one in a million years ever really thought that Russ would be playing in a different uniform, right? So that's no. first and foremost. We're not accustomed, you know, Brady. It, we, there are a few premier guys who have changed teams, right? It's, but it's, it's more the exception than it is the rule. Typically, they last their whole career in one spot. So I think But what's interesting about the current landscape is we just saw Stafford do it last year where he moved to team year one, bang, Super Bowl. <laughs> right before that, we saw Brady. Obviously, historic run in, in New England. He inherits that team in, in Tampa Bay. Bang, year one, Super Bowl, right? Yes. So now I think a lot of people are making the same kind of predictions and the assumptions like, okay, there's a young, talented team that's got some pieces in Denver. People thought they were a quarterback away. Okay, well, they just bring in Russell Wilson. It doesn't get much better than that as far as adding that piece. Well, if, if Stafford and, and Brady can do it, why can he not just be the missing piece and win? So I think we're kind of all creatures of the moment right now where we're just saying, all right, we've seen it the last couple of years. Let's see it again. It's not that easy. You know, I think the teams no. that Stafford and Brady joined were better than this current team that 
Russell's joining. I think they have a lot of good young pieces that can grow over the next couple of years and, and become a contender. Do I think in year one, this Broncos roster is built to win like the Rams were and like the year before the, the Bucks were? I don't. I don't I don't think they're there yet. I think getting Russell helps a lot. I think it moves the the needle a ton. I still think they might be a year or two of acquiring young players, maybe a couple free agents, some vets that can solidify that roster. And then yes, I absolutely think with with Hackett as the new coach and and Russ and his leadership and the pieces that they have, yes, I do think in the next couple of years they can definitely be a contender, but I don't I wouldn't bet on them in year 1. Okay, see, that's that's the kind of bet that I would make, though, and that's how you win the big money, Greg. You can't go. Yeah, that's the good odds, though. I mean, that's small win big. That's what I'm talking about. Um, That was the serious. We we had to get the serious stuff out of the way because we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Paige, with her amazing internet, is going to be joining us to really put our minds to the test. Are we going to talk about your shoes too after the break (laughs) or before? I got to sell these. So if you know anyone with a size nine, that's annoying now. But those aren't size nines. Those are size like 37 or four. Aren't they 39. Like the fancy? 39. Yeah, the Euro Those sizes. are the rich people. So that's how rich people size their shoes for anyone out Absolutely. there listening. Yes. When you we spend don't do a mere lot of numbers. money on shoes. Yes. You, you go into <laughs> random linebacker numbers. Double digits or nothing. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are now joined by Paige, who is at her parents' house, where the only place that the internet works apparently is South Carolina. Paige, take it away. That's right. I'm not moving though. Okay, so we're gonna play a little game of what did I miss, uh, Greg? I know you listen to this show all the time, so all the time. this won't come Obviously. as a surprise to you. Um, but I'm gonna hit you guys <laughs> with a couple headlines from the last few days. Get your opinions um, and thoughts, which I know all of our listeners want to hear. So right off the bat, we talked earlier about parent behavior and youth sports, but at the All Star festivities this week, there's been a lot of I would say questionable behavior from the fans. So we had a fight, a straight up fight at the home run derby. And then we had an adult man. I'm going to put him at 46. um, Leaning over and pushing his way through children to get autographs at All-Star. Your thoughts. We'll start Uh, with you, Greg. Yeah, seriously, this is your domain. I have like a no adult autograph policy. Um, (laughs) I think it's weird. I... I, I don't get it. I, and again, I might be biased because I don't know, but I think it's <laughs> great for kids. Like I loved when my kids would come to training camp and like go ask kids for, you know, go ask Cam and Luke and, you know, whoever to go get autographs. That was great. Like, I think it's so fun for young kids to go and have the, you know, kind of the nerve to ask their favorite player to sign their helmet or their ball or whatever. Like I get that. The whole adult thing to me is very strange. Jail. I, I don't get it. 
I, I just, I think it's weird. So now you compound that which in its own right is weird. And now an adult is going to like push out young kids and who are like living their dream to meet, you know, Manny Machado or whoever at the all-star game. And I'm going to like elbow a young kid out of the way to be, to get an autograph. The whole thing to me is weird, let alone getting in the way of a young kid trying to do it makes it even that much weirder. So the autograph thing to me is a non-starter. Like let the kids go have their moments. Adults take a step back. It's not that big of a deal. Nobody wants your freaking signed baseball and just let the kids enjoy it. A hundred percent agree. The, the last time I asked for an autograph, I think I was a teenager. And that's sort of pushing the boundary of when you need to stop asking. It also makes me, I, I want to follow that man home and see what his life is like. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a great visual, but I, I just want to see it because it's like you literally pushed children over for another yeah. grown man to sign something. Like that's not, you can't feel good about that. No. <laughs> There's just no way. And the fighting yeah. is just par for Dodger Stadium. That's, that's what you do at Dodger Stadium. The higher up you go, the more you fight. That's just, it's on the ticket. It's a home so. run derby. Like no it doesn't else? matter. It's, okay. it's Chavez Ravine. You just do it. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. And then I think the fighting at the All-Star game, though, like, <laughs> Again, like how serious is this game? <laughs> like, right. who, the players don't even give a shit who wins. At all. So why, They're all mine. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like, again, I think fighting in the stands is absurd to begin with. But like, so I can dumb. understand it's Dodgers, Angels, or like it's. Um, oh, the Giants. Yeah. yeah. Like other fans totally. are talking shit about their team. Yeah. yeah. They Boston, always fight. It's Boston, New York, and it's game one no. of the playoff. Like, I get it. People are competitive. They want. But when the players and the coaches don't give a shit about the game, <laughs> the people in the stands should just have a beer. Too many. You're in maybe. LA. It's probably <laughs> 75 degrees. Right? Wear your Mookie Betts jersey. Have a beer and just like have a smoke and relax. No, it's not that important. They were to fighting. Fight a grown man over it is bizarre. All right, Good job, here's idiots. a segue. You might want to fight a grown man over this list. So Whoa. today is, was that professional segue? Babe? That was, that was, was really it? good. Okay. Yeah. You guys are really good on segues here. <laughs> mm. Today, we're recording this on Wednesday, okay? So Wednesday, July 20th, today is National Hot Dog Day. Mm. I'm sure you both knew that. And well, a USA nice. Today writer, Charlie, uh, he put out a ranking of hot dog toppings, and I need your thoughts here. I have a few notes, but I'd love to hear yours. So okay. we're going to go backwards, 10 to 1. Okay. Pickle Ooh. relish. Gross. The, in no. <laughs> the entire <laughs> Chicago hot dog setup. No. Like that's that. Cheese. It's like a buffet. Jalap pickled jalapenos. Gross. Baked Ooh, beans. Wait. Disgusting. Ew. <laughs> ketchup, onions, yes. sauerkraut, yes. chili, mm. mustard. Mustard All is number one. Time? one. No, these oh, are, oh, these are oh, top ten. This is the baddest. It's a ranking. That was 10 to 1. What was one? See, this mm, mustard. mustard. Yeah, obviously. Always become mustard. That's what? See, I, I have a very, I don't like mustard on my hot dog. And I, I know do. it's the most popular thing to do. Yeah, mustard right. mustard on my hot dog. Some of those things are revolting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only eat mustard on my hot dog. I don't mind oh, like, really? chili or like, you know, some of that good stuff as long as it's not overboard. But like sauerkraut, and I don't do any of that. That's a lot. Hot, give me a hot dog with mustard, man, and I'm killing it. Classic yellow? But, but beans? No, I don't mind. I don't mind a nice little spice. I can I can okay. spice my life up every now and then. Right. That's fair. Actually, that's the only mustard I would even consider. It has to have some spice to it. I yeah. don't like yellow mustard. Get a little burn. Get a little nasal burn. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to like I didn't clear the sinuses. But I yeah. the beans you lost me. That's just oh. if you can Gross. no longer eat it with just your hand, 
It's mm -hmm. no longer a hot dog. So now you're adding things where I'm going to need a fork, and that's ridiculous. What or it looks like doing? an absolute disgusting mess. Just a you know. ass monkey is what you're going to look like. <laughs> Shit all over your shirt. Nobody wants Fair. to see that. Well, well classified. <laughs> well classified. Greg, you had a little Page. reaction to the sh Chicago dog setup. Mm. I don't mind Chicago dogs. Okay. I don't, as long as it doesn't get too over the top, to, to Michelle's point, like not too elaborate that I can't even like hold it. But I don't mind like a good little chili and little well, onion. Hold on, like, hold on. Do you know what's on a Chicago dog? Yeah, it's got like a pickle. Yeah. Relish, tomato. peppers, pickle, yeah. tomato, tomato onion, mustard, and celery salt. It's like a burger, yeah. basically. Well, like a I, mean, I, I might have overreacted just because I like <laughs> Chicago. I might have given them <laughs> too much. Too. I might have just heard Chicago and just started clapping and I didn't hear the whole thing. <laughs> I, I hate pickles, so I probably wouldn't eat that. Ooh, it's a hot So meat. I grew up in New Jersey and we used to get our hot dogs called All the Way. Do you guys know what that is? Like you get two All no. the Way. So in New no, Jersey, New Jersey has the best hot dogs in the world because they're actually deep fried. So they're not like what? So they're not like battered. Like they have no breading. So don't like that's not like fried like chicken. No, they're just oh, but just they're fried. crispy. So like they drop them in where you'd put like french fries. I'm so in. when they come out, the skin has like a snap to it. So mm -hmm. you so when you go into like a New Jersey hot dog place, you don't say like can I have two hot dogs with you say I'll have two with mustard. They assume it's a hot dog. So you say I'll have two with mustard, I'll have two all the way, I'll have one with chili, I'll have one and whatever it is, you just say how many you want. And they're like, yeah, we know you want a hot dog. So they do this thing called All the Way. And it's got like some sort of like chili sauce, onion, I don't know, whatever their All the Way sauce. And like every hot dog place in Jersey claims they have the best All the Way sauce. So you just say, I'll have two All the Way. And oh. it just comes. Yeah. Hmm. You need to go to a hot dog spot I need to have that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real. God, that sounds that's good. Real. Yeah. So it's the sauce. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't, well, how did I never have one of these? I live there forever. Okay. I've never even heard of I'm that. In it. Yeah. You're right there, Paige. Go get one and then tell us. Okay. I will. Okay. Good. Yeah. I don't have a segment here, so I'm going to go into it. Oh. All right. The A's booked their lone all-star Paul Blackburn oh, pitcher buddy. on a commercial flight to the all-star game. Okay. I saw that. The Astros From Oakland then, to LA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Astros then offered to fly him with their all-stars, plural, uh, to LA instead. Do we think this is A, a heartwarming story of baseball brotherhood, B, embarrassing for the A's, or C, are the A's petty geniuses for letting someone else <laughs> pick up a tab? Wow. My first question is, why was the kid from Oakland in the same original departing city as the guys from Houston? Yeah. That part of the story I didn't get. Up? So like, yeah, did they fly from Houston to Oakland, pick him up, and then go to L.A.? That's I don't know. Cool. Let's say so yes for the purpose. I have of this. a lot of questions about the a lot of logistics. The, the, the logistics. Focus less of the, on the logistics, Greg. It's a flat out embarrassing situation <laughs> for Oakland. Of course it is. Um, the only thing I would say, I'm I'm saying that it's embarrassing because I'm under the assumption that everybody flies their all stars privately. Is that a I real thought thing? So too, I think so. right? Yeah. Well, like I think to so. the Pro Bowl, like when you make it to the Pro Bowl, you don't fly privately. Hmm. The NFL well, now, was that when it was in Hawaii or is now have they changed anywhere? It? I mean, I think Probably if guys home. want to fly yes. themselves private, they can. But as far as the sure. NFL goes, you get like a first class flight. Oh, that's fair. Too. So there like, is no first class from Oakland, to L.A. It's Southwest Airlines, sixty nine dollars each way. Want to get away. <laughs> but again, like, there's so like no chance. Everyone else is flying privately that another team needs to swing by on the way and pick up your kid. then yes, it's embarrassing. <laughs> pick up but like your kid. is everybody flying? So like I, I got to get more to the story. It was. Everyone said Oakland did this, but like, did anyone else fly 
commercially? I think they did. I well, I don't think so. Oh, Oakland's last game team. was against Houston. That's how it happened. There you go. Okay, well, there you go. So they were going to fly him commercially from Houston from to LA. Houston to LA. And the Astros were and like, we'll just he's take so, him. So I, I looked up, he's 6'1". So Greg, I was going to say maybe it's like a height if there was like some discomfort there. But no, I, I don't, I don't know brutal. what protocol is. If Listen, if every mm. franchise in the who has an all-star, their owner or the whoever charters a private jet and throws the whole contingency on a jet and then like <laughs> Oakland has their kid on Southwest. Yes, that's embarrassing. But if normal protocol is that the teams or the league or whoever pays for it gets everyone a first class flight and just Houston does this as a nice gesture hmm. to their kids and he jumped on the flight, then that's a little bit different. So I think it's only embarrassing if they're the only team who did this. Okay. Here's another thing that happened. Apparently, Give me more like context. Give me more Less, context. I'm actually switching teams entirely. This is also Love petty. Love that. Apparently, Juan Soto, who we all know, turned down half a billion dollars recently. Uh, home run derby winner, Juan Soto. There you go. Yeah, you're That's welcome. right. He's the one. Same Juan um, Soto. Same one. <laughs> same guy. Same he, guy. Um, the team refused to charter a flight for him, according to Scott Boris. So take that for what's worth. But Well, that's... that's so he also flew thing. commercial. He probably bought the whole plane. Like, he just chartered the plane. Well, he would have, but he turned the contract That's down. right. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, so I don't um, know. I, I don't, hmm. I don't, I don't it's know. It's a longer flight, isn't it? I, I mean, some know. of these are, you know, you're talking East Coast to West Coast. Now we're getting up there in the monies. Uh, I don't know, because didn't he win a million bucks to win the home run derby? Like He th did. There's money in the MLB All-Star festivities. It looks like, to, uh, from the outsider looking yeah. in. But, but yeah, charters are not cheap. Bucks. Yeah, fuel's high, you know? The only other thing that suffering. would lead me to believe that more teams do it privately is unlike the other, you know, unlike football where the, the Pro Bowl's at like the end, so like there's no mm. start. The season's been over for a while. The playoffs are going, you know, so like there's this weird buffer on both sides of the game where there's no rush. But like in baseball, they stopped playing like a day or two before the All-Star festivities. And yeah. then they're going to start playing just a day or two following right. last night's I game. I agree. So there is a little bit of a tighter window, which makes me more inclined to believe that there is private get, you know, get the guys to L.A., play in the game. And then if you're on the Yankees, like we got to get your ass back here because we got a game tomorrow, you know. Yeah. And there's no so, there, if you, money's not a thing either, unless you're Oakland, obviously. But but what if you cramp up on that Southwest flight? You're gonna. I can you promise know? you. I just did. I just did that. And also <laughs> flights are a mess right now. Cancellations, delay. Like you can't yeah. take that chance that you miss the all star game. Like there's no way. Yeah. So, no, I. It's just Oakland being Oakland. Bless them. Agreed. They're going to be in uh, Vegas soon anyway, right? I know. I can't <laughs> yeah, wait. <probably. laughs> Greg, I don't know if you saw this, but AJ Dillon with the Packers did an Oklahoma drill, I believe it's called, against the Kenosha Kingfish mascot, minor league baseball team. The mascot's damn head came off. Are there any damn. NFL or any, any <laughs> let's say any sports mascots Ooh. in the world, in the country? That you, Greg, would want to take on in that drill. <laughs> I feel like knocking the mascot's head off is like telling, like, your kids finding out that mom is Santa. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the mascot's head being on gives them this like aura of like being yeah. real. And yeah, then yeah, fell of off, and I can only imagine like every kid in the stands just like defeated, <laughs> like mom. De you know, I don't know. Like, I have this like weird vision of like all these kids being I disappointed agree. that the Kenosha. What was it? The kingfish. What? The kingfish, kingfish mascot's not the real. Kingfish you know? Sally or you know, whatever the kingfish's <laughs> name is. Sally? Did you just make that? I don't know. Up? It, don't they have like sails, like a sailfish? I don't know. It does have sail <laughs> and a and a thing. 
Brown. Yeah, like oh. a horn. He's so terrifying, anyway. actually. Who are you trying to hit, know. Greg? Oh, God. There's one right answer to this. One right answer. I want to go. Let me hear it's it. It's NBA, though. It's, it's that damn New Orleans king baby king thing, that thing that comes out in diapers with the monster creepy <laughs> face. It's like a giant baby. That thing's got to go. So you better hit oh, that thing God. really hard. <laughs> it's the scariest looking know. mascot in the honest, world. You, I, oh, you know what? Well, this wasn't a mascot. I think this was a real person. It's a person. Even so gonna... the Vikings, the Vikings used to have like a guy who I swear was an actual Viking. Like I think he oh, lived yeah. his life like on a ship. Do you ever see that guy? He had like I, the he long was like hair. right. Yes. I don't know if he's still there. This was like early in my career, but he would come out with the horn and he'd ride the motorcycle. Oh. He would like taunt the opposing teams. Like he was like violently really taunt. Like he would like curse like yell and curse and oh, yes. ride in he, he was like a whole deal um he's a real person so i don't know if i'd really want to like hit him but <laughs> oh he is a real he person, used to though. irritate the shit out of us when i was in chicago but, but i don't know if he's still around hopefully he's okay I, I haven't seen him i'm not sure if he's still a thing i mean there's mm. this guy ragnar who comes out yeah. on a motorcycle so ragnar, yeah he's... that's him is he still doing it uh oh it was until 2015 yeah there you go i don't know if there's a new one but yeah, little, Joseph you, little do you guys know that I'm so up on all my mascots. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one though. I oh Fireman Ed too back in the day. He should probably uh, get tackled. The J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Jets he, guy. Could, he can go. Yeah, he can go. Yeah. <laughs> Those are fair. The two. <laughs> uh speaking of going, we're gonna take a quick break. Wow. Really good segue. Three Thanks, segues. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. We're going to talk about something that I know is deeply important to both of you, and that is karaoke. Wow. So I have a few questions, um, just so the fans can get a sense for what we're working with here. Okay. So, Greg and Michelle, would you mm -hmm. rather do karaoke in a private room or in front of a crowd? Crowd. Crowd energy and involvement and engagement is critical to the karaoke experience. Also, it's, a, it's like asking Michelangelo, would you rather keep your art in a closet so no one can see it, Love or that. would you rather share it with everyone? And I think really the obvious well answer is crowd. Sure. Thank you, Greg. Thank Beautiful. You. Really well said. Um, <laughs> is this a group karaoke situation, or are you absolutely not. a solo act? No, solo. No, solo. What? God. Who wants to share the spotlight? <laughs> Guys, we're starting with some easies. Okay? Oh, so we can do Grease? No, get that shit out of here. Nobody wants yeah, to see that We're not, we're not doing Backstreet Boys Greece. and all sharing the verse. No, when we sing I Want It That Way, you're only going to hear me Yeah, the lyrics I are I. I, I want it that way, not we as a fun group having fun in Nashville. No, no, no. I and want it that so way, specific. so go sit your ass down while I shine. <laughs> I shine. Oh, uh, make eye contact with everyone in the room. Make them uncomfortable. I like okay. It. 
when you are picking your song, do mm. you read the room and the audience and kind of think about like who you're playing to or you just pick a song and that's it? Greg, you know the answer. I mean, the answer is obvious. Just wanted to make sure that we weren't here. We weren't <laughs> lunatics. Yeah, you pick you pick it based on the crowd, right? If you're, you. you know, you're in an older crowd, a younger crowd, a more modern, a country bar in Nashville, or you're in some swanky bar in New York. I mean, it's it, different songs play to different crowds. Crowd, it goes back to the first point. You got to sing something that gets when the when it comes on, people are like, oh, I love it, right? Like you want people to engage, and the more engaged they are, the more the moment, the more the oh, the, the vibe. You can't sing things people don't know. Like, I hate that. Yeah, it's not about you. It's about the room. It's about the camaraderie. It's about entertaining. The performance. Play your I hits, once went right? to a karaoke bar hits. and this, there were grown-ups that would only do Disney tunes. And it was like, read the room. This is like a dive bar. Nobody yeah, wants to hear Disney tunes. Yeah, no one ever. wants like an inside joke between you and like your high school <laughs> boyfriend. Like no one gives a shit. Sing a song we love and jam. Thank you. I have another rule too, and I don't know if this is a question, so I'm going to just jump to the front of the line. <laughs> go, go. You can't read the screen. If you have to read mm -mm. the screen, you got to sit down. Yeah, I don't care how drunk if you, you are. Don't you better know, know the, the song. Words. If you don't know the song, and the lyrics by heart, and you can just go out there and perform. That's right. You got to sit down. You're you're taking someone else's spot. You someone else <laughs> should be up there, but you. <laughs> Man, you might be more hardcore about it than I. Am. If someone. Okay, Greg, if someone, <laughs> let's say you, you read the room, you have a song in mind, but the person, like three people in front of you sings it, do you, do you still do it and do Ooh, it better no. than them? That's no, you got to change. Well, if they sucked, That's it, kind it of gives a you a great move. opportunity. Like if they get up there and they're stiff mm -hmm. and they're just reading the words and then you can get up there and just like embrace and capture the moment and kill it. You'll make that person feel bad, but you'll also make your the, your experience will be like that much better. But if they get up and they're like Whitney Houston and they just have the voice of an angel, you can't get up and follow that. You got to change course and and change your song. Mm. Yeah, adapt. Yeah, yeah. Smart. But if it's if it if you're only crushing one soul, it's acceptable though, and that's yeah, fair. I, mean, I, that, I agree. It's that person's <laughs> fault. Goes back to the previous statement. No, you're you going to get up there and you're not going to perform. You've opened yourself up to the room. And that has happened a lot. Are there any songs that need to be retired, put up in the rafters, or that maybe only select people should sing? Yeah. Love Shack, B-52s, get out of here. <laughs> God, go away. Yeah, like you shouldn't be, yeah, that, I like that. That's amazing. The fact that you just pulled that off the top of your head is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you hear the same old songs all the time, right? I also don't believe anyone should attempt to sing like people who can really sing. Like you should not sing like Whitney Houston and like be up there screaming after you've had nine oh. vodka sodas screaming like, <laughs> I, I will. Like you can't, you can't just, you need to stop God, it's bad. and sit down. Yeah. So like Ooh. you have to be careful that you don't do disservice to people like true iconic songs. Stop. You can't get up there and just scream at the mic. But I have been in karaoke bars a few weeks ago where the woman before, before me just very unassuming got up there and did like a Luther Vandross B-side. No one even knew it. And when I say crushed it, it was ridiculous. And then, of course, I'm after her. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the worst moment ever. I mean, I still yeah, owned tough. it, but it was definitely I had Obviously. to buy, we had to buy her sing? drink. I did If I Could Turn Back Time, which is one of my go-tos because I like to do share impersonations. <laughs> I like that. What's your go-to, Greg? <laughs> Depends on the bar. Yeah. Well, if I know you were recently in Nashville, so we'll go with that. So if I'm in Nashville... 
I'm doing Sold by John Michael Montgomery. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. It's, it's fast. It's upbeat. Yeah, it's like a, a lot rap. of words. People are almost like in awe that you know all the words. <laughs> You know, so like there's a little bit of like, no one's thinking about how bad your voice is. It's just like, I can't believe this guy knows all these lyrics. Killed it. Right? Because it's like upbeat and quick and fast. It's got a good energy. But the people have to know the song. If you get, if you do that song in the wrong crowd, people are like, what is this guy singing? It's not like a very famous And it's an older one. It's old, but it's famous within like the country fan community. Mm -hmm. It's just not a broadly famous song across all. So if I'm going to do like where I got to play to the group and like, a little more, you know, big picture. Or I'm going to do um, Jack and Diane. That's a good one. That is a good one. Because yeah, everyone Diane. knows that song and little loves ditty. it. Just a, just yeah. a little ditty. I don't do the big. I just ditty. do the little ditty. Mm-hmm. Small, a very small. <laughs> With a chili yeah. dog. Oh my god! Full circle. It's oh. all happening. Oh, what's happening? <laughs> um, and then I don't know if either of you have ever done this, but if given the opportunity, would you prefer to do live band karaoke or screen? <sighs> My best karaoke memory of my life is I was in Nashville and we were just at like a bar. This was years ago. And we, there was like a live band, obviously. And (laughs) we just paid the band and I sang lead and they played behind me and they, it was a, I think we did sold and they knew it. They knew it enough to like carry the melody. And uh, we just turned the bar into a karaoke bar, whether people liked it or not. That amazing. is the greatest <laughs> scenario because yeah. you're now now you're doing everything. You're like a rock star. You're still yeah. crushing karaoke. This is perfect. That that's like the best case scenario. Otherwise, I have to go video screen because yeah, if you don't really, you know, that's fair. Band could screw it up for you, and then you look like the ass. Yeah. No thanks. Yep. Well, Greg, I mean, it sounds like maybe. Do you want to announce here exclusively your Nashville karaoke residency? <gasps> If anyone's willing to have me, that would be great. The problem is you the problem is Nashville's a tough scene to crack. <laughs> I have better chance here locally. You know, those people that are in essence doing that very such thing are like brilliantly talented. Oh, and so, they and make, so many. they make a tip jar, you know. I've so offered to sure. buy the karaoke bar here over and over again. So when it happens, I you guys will be invited. So I Private jet. You. San Antonio, let's do I'll this. just jump in with the Astros, but that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hope you off on the way. <laughs> well, I got one more question actually from Jerome. Oh, uh, one oh. Of our producers. So let's say, all right, so we'll go Charlotte residency for some reason. Um, <laughs> Greg, stage name, do you have one? Do you want us to give you one? Sure. Give me one. I don't have any ideas. Wow. Brilliant we'll page. What we'll you want it? Why would you what fuck you with perfection? You have Greg Olson and Michelle Beadle. Why would we change our names? Mm. Those are rock star names. Obviously. Mm. Duh. Duh. Insulting both of us right now, Paige and Jerome. Thank All right. you so much. Well, uh, anyway, great episode. Please that was call awesome. in and send text. 631-397-0403. Give us your go-to karaoke songs. I know Michelle everyone's got like a short list. <laughs> I mean, yes. Paige thought Michelle Olson was the name of the actor who played Michelle Tanner. <laughs> Greg, I will, I'll, I'll just we'll say this on air so we Jerome and I spent some time thinking of a ge- we were trying to come up with a game that was basically like who does something better Olsen versus Olsen Greg Olsen versus Elizabeth Olsen but then we were like <laughs> it was really hard Elizabeth we Olsen's were, the big the older sister of Mary Kate and Ashley right yeah she's now the, the movie star sister oh, she yeah, she's the one who's in like WandaVision she is younger Oh, she's Jerome, younger do you than want to defend our, 
thought process here. Jerome, what was the first um, question? I, I don't know that I want to come on to defend at this point because it was a half-brained scheme. <laughs> but uh, we, we really went into a deep dive this morning obsessing over the name Olsen and how many different ways we can incorporate <sighs> Michelle. Like, well, now I'm saying Michelle myself. Mary-Kate and Ashley or Elizabeth. And then because we got the Michelle Beetle, Michelle... Tanner thing, we're just like Michelle Tanner Olsen. It was going to be a multiverse of madness of harebrained questions of seeing how we can overlap everyone. And then we just thought, you know what? Go to tried and true karaoke. <laughs> Thank you. Good. I'll they always talk that, about that. They call that a very well thought out pivot. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well pivot. Yeah. That's good producing. The, there were no amount of professional segues that would have gotten us to the Olsen universe I that we and wanted you to get add to. One more layer. I have twins. Please. Who are the Olsen oh. twins? Oh, that's perfect. Oh. Boys, girls, mix. This. What do you Boy, girl. They're very oh. cute. Awesome. They're very cute. So cute. Sounds like a full um, house. No. Oh, God. You know what? Now we're done. Uh, credits. That's roll it. the credits. <laughs> this is it. Are we, are we, are we, going, are we closing <laughs> it here? This is no, it? we're done. All right. <laughs> we're it's done here. My, it's Rate, not review, my show. It's not Bye. My show. We're done. <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.